Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Operation Degradation, Generational Grooming, and Schisms of the Spirit. Why? Where do I even begin? Have you seen the world today? Are you looking at the news? There's an obvious agenda for the molestation of children going on, the planned collapse of civilization, and all kinds of other crazy things. Like, literally, this is probably one of the wildest episodes I've done, and I think it's just because 2019 is just one for the books. Like, I keep telling you that, like, I don't need to do an occult series because it's already here, and yeah, no, we're going to discuss that in this episode. Uh, But before we do so... A few quick updates for you good people. We're running up on season 8 finale. We have one more episode after this one. I hope you guys are ready. Also, Adam Nix and JC Abbott of the Wayfinder Podcast released part 4 of the series. You can can check that out in the link uh, in the description bar below. Lastly, make sure you download seasons 5 through 7 because we got to clear them off. And this is something new that we're doing since we're growing. We're doing a post-seasonal sale. You can get 20% off on all of our apparel and merchandise for using promo code LIBERATION. Download the show notes if you want to see how it's spelled. It's literally just the word LIBERATION. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And boy, do we have a lot of different things to talk about. You know, episodes like this one, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys. Uh, we're going to be playing a lot of different videos, and I'm just going to be trying to inter- interspace things in between. Okay? Uh, we have a lot of different things to discuss. I'm going to just flat out tell you guys. We, we, we are essentially talking about... The collapse of civilization, uh, the collapse of the U.S. dollar. These were some of the questions that we were asked by you guys over our Instagram Live and Instagram Story. uh, And somehow they've woven woven into what we're going to be discussing. Uh, You know, anti-knowledge, the collapse of civilization. I mean, the the planned collapse of civilization. uh, What they're doing to children, how they're combating the future, and just really where people's heads are at. Like, truly where people are at, how they're feeling about this type of stuff, and just uh, how, I guess, how crazy things truly are. You know, earlier uh, earlier this week, I uh, we had an Instagram live with you guys where we talked about agents, 5G, Bilderberg, the collapse of society, the dollar, uh, medical kidnapping, kids stolen from, chil- from, from, from CPS, cloning centers, afterlife certain different dimensions. We talk about a lot of different things. Uh, whenever it's not on the flagship show, we like to mix things up off the air with you guys independently because it it, it adds variety, it adds depth, uh, and it allows us to discuss these things in uh, in a different format. But something happened this week, you know, and I, and I slowly start seeing a lot more the more I begin to pay attention to things and the more I find myself involved in this. You know, I had briefly spoken about uh, you know the dangers behind the New Age deception psychedelic movement, the so-called conscious uh, movement that we find ourselves in, a lot of people are not really about this. A lot of people, you know, and, and I get this. This is heady work, man. This is not easy stuff. Uh, being involved in this type of this work, it gets to you. I get that. But I'm not talking about 
uh, the mental toll that it takes on an individual uh, being engaged in this type of stuff. What I'm talking about is how people sell out. What I'm talking about is how people come in with agendas literally designed uh, to disrupt and divide. Earlier this week, we had the, 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 the blessing of having Adam Nix and his whole family. <laughs> Mom, dad, kids and all. Girlfriend too. All of them. Just, just hanging out. Had the, had the honor of hanging out with them. You know, they released part four. You guys can check that out in the show notes. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but there's very few people that I've met like Adam doing this. Uh, there's very few people that I talk to like Adam and like other individuals that I have the, 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 the honor of having on the show. What I'm trying to tell you guys is something has happened in the time frame of doing this type of work, and there's something happening to us for, for engaging in it. They say if you stare, don't stare too long into the abyss because the abyss begins to stare back. Something's happened to a lot of people who are either succumbing to the darkness or being uh, uh, invigorated by all the other energies that are out there. There's something happening. I, I, I don't have the proper lexicon uh, to tell you guys, but I do find myself discussing it more and more with people off the air. And it's because we can feel it. Uh, it's, 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 it's something else. It's something otherworldly, uh, and it really is fascinating. But what I guess I'm really trying to say is that you have people within these movements, you have people within these organizations, uh, these groups, the conscious community, air quotes, who come in there literally just trying to earn a quick buck. I hate to say it, man. You know, you have people that come in there saying they're going to give you uh, 5D, third moon chakra activated, uh, holy water blessed from Mars, and that's supposed to align your chakras to something. And I'm like, essentially what we're doing is we're practicing disassociation. Okay? I, I hate to say it. At a certain level, uh, we're practicing disassociation. And I think what I'm really trying to say is it's very scary at certain times to see this, but it's also very invigorating. And this is why we find ourselves looking into things like mindfulness, uh, meditation, and any other uh, uh, things that you can do to try to refine your will, to stay sovereign, to be in control of your own thoughts and being, instead of being a slave to them. And this is a huge thing that people have to think about because we're being led astray by our emotions. Uh, I talked about this I think with you guys a few episodes ago, and I talk more about it in private, uh, but I'm 27 right now. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on the air or, or, or whatever what the radio rules are, uh, but I've been looking into this essentially since I came into what I would consider consciousness sometime around like 11 or 12. And so my mindset has been formed from doing this type of work, researching and putting the pieces together over that whole time frame for the past like 15 going on 16 years, right? What's happening to people now is they're being radicalized. They're being instantly radicalized within Trump's presidency. They're being triggered by colors, triggered by words, uh, 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 set by ideas and all kinds of other things. We're being told to be tolerant of insanity. You can't capitulate with insanity. You cannot capitulate with evil. You cannot barter with the devil. Because the minute that you give them a lead, or, or the, the minute that you give them a foot in, a, a, a foot in, right? They're going to kick the door down because they're not going to stop. If you want to speak in energetic terms, energy vampires don't know when to stop sucking up good blood, good energy. Because that's what they are. They're parasitic. And that's how it works. You're going to hear me talk about the toxic that is evil or the toxins that are evil and why things don't seem like they're going to get better. It's got to get a lot worse before it gets better. Uh, and I'm even seeing some of these toxins in, 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 uh, infiltrate the conscious community. And I think that's why I wanted to lead in with that.
uh, is because I'm, I'm, I'm doing my hardest to try to point these things out and not succumb to them, you know. Uh, and I, would, I didn't want to say this, but here we are. I'm going to say it anyway. There's a lot of racists out there on social media. And I don't understand social media and within the conscious community. And I guess I don't understand it because it's like if we're supposed to be air quotes woke to this type of stuff, how does it seem like we are twice as much more susceptible to it? How does it seem like because we, we're aware of it, we then engage in it? That's the deception you see. You can't be. It, it, it truly is crazy. Uh, it truly is mind blowing. And this is what I mean. This is why I started this not intending to cover race. Uh, and not intending to cover religion, but we see where where, where, where the religion spirituality aspect is going. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to intro the episode with that to kind of let you guys know what was going on this week, what we've what, what what's happened uh, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and what's all going on. You know, and I guess at the end of the day, with all of my ranting and complaining, I should be appreciative that I have people who are curious about the type of work that we do, looking at the content. And truly want the best. And I suppose that's who I'm really talking to. I'm trying to give my best, my best efforts, uh, my, my best personality, my best, uh, my be- you never get a second chance to make first impressions. I'm trying to give my best to this type of work uh, that we're doing. And with that being said, let's start the show. Now, what's going on? I told you guys, I'm not going to be doing a whole lot of talking in this transmission. I'm going to be playing a, 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 a few videos interspaced throughout things and then I'm just going to interject in, in between to correlate them to the next thing so kick back get ready enjoy yourselves uh, and 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 really realize that I'm trying to put together a picture for you guys so we understand where we're at and what they would like for his, for, for, for the future now Mike Adams of natural news of natural news and Brighton came out with a video last week called the Anti-Knowledge Agenda. And then I think I'm going to start using that more. Uh, and it's a seven-minute video. We're not going to play it all. But in the video, he talks about the dangers of censorship, which we've spoken with uh, here with you guys and with guests as well, about why it's so uh, dangerous to eliminate information, to, to curtail speech, to uh, police thought, to do all these types of things. It's because they want to manufacture your consent this is why I tell you to stay vigilant and be weary and, and be uh, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, roams about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But let's take a listen. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about anti-knowledge. I don't know if you've heard that term, but it starts with a discussion about censorship and you might think censorship is about simply silencing the voices that the mainstream doesn't want the public to be able to hear or read or watch it's really not about censorship alone censorship is just a method to achieve the real goal which is anti-knowledge the idea is that the establishment must fill the brains of the masses with things that are not true but make them believe that they are true. This is where fact checkers come into play. So all the establishment fact checkers exist to call fictions facts, and then all truth will be labeled either a conspiracy theory or will be given five Pinocchios or what have you. So anything that's true will be labeled false. Anything that is fake but they want you to believe will be 
labeled a fact. And there are all kinds of different levels of this that go on through different organizations that then affirm the fake facts of the fake media, such as NewsGuard, for example, or Wikipedia. These organizations are out there to fraudulently launder false facts to turn them into real facts using techniques that I've described before, such as the so-called Wikipedia shuffle, which is how they insert a fake fact into Wikipedia, gets picked up by a media outlet, the media outlet cites Wikipedia, publishes it as a truth, then Wikipedia scrubs the original false allegation and then cites the, the news outlet as the source now. So you have fake facts, different sources citing each other to claim that it's all authoritative and true, and then you have third-party operations like NewsGuard saying that all those fake facts are true. Meanwhile, everybody who's talking about the actual truth of any subject, you know, take your pick. Science, vaccines, medicine, chemotherapy, history, the Federal Reserve, 9-11, Area 51, you name it. Any, anything that is off-limits, anyone who talks about those things will be labeled false. So the ultimate goal, as I said here, is anti-knowledge. It is to distance human beings from the knowledge of who they are, where they came from, and the reality in which they live. There is a mental prison that has been constructed for you, and you're living inside that mental prison. And again, they have to scrub anything that they don't want you to know, such as, for example, in the year 2013, the CDC scrubbed from its website the history of 98 million Americans being accidentally injected with cancer viruses through polio vaccines. The CDC used to admit that on their website. They scrubbed it in 2013. Now, if you think about it, too, the entire pharmaceutical industry and the FDA is engaged in pushing anti-knowledge about health, medicine, and nutrition. They've got most people believing that nutrients are bad for you, but pharmaceuticals are good for you. This is what most people believe. This is why almost half of American adults are taking prescription drugs, but far less than half of American adults are taking nutritional supplements. It's true. Because they have been it. taught with anti-knowledge to think that drugs are nutrients. They have been taught to think that, well, gosh, you can't survive without statin drugs. You can't survive without antidepressant drugs. You can't live without vaccines. And then they don't tell you that the real problem is you have nutritional deficiencies. You are lacking good, healthy food. You're lacking minerals. You're lacking phytonutrients. But you see, the anti-knowledge has obliterated that. There's also a lot of anti-knowledge about history, of course. You've never been taught the real version of history. You've never been taught even what money is. I mean, unless you've studied the creature from Jekyll Island, unless you understand what happened in 1913 with the creation of the Federal Reserve and the privatization of the public money supply in the United States. See, you've never been taught this. You've never been taught what money is. No fiat currency is actually money. And I want to speak on that real quick. Yeah, yeah and if you guys want to go check this out, I'll put all the links uh, for some of these videos in the description bar below so you can check it out. Uh, but yeah, to speak on the money aspect, to correlate that to the conscious movement, that's what a lot of people are doing. They don't want to do this to take us to the next level. They don't want to do this to raise awareness about all the variety of issues. They want to make a quick buck. So many different fascinating things uh, said in that actual video. I hope you guys go check it out. Uh, that's the anti-knowledge agenda as put forth by Mike Adams of Natural News and Brighteon. You can also find some of our videos over there as well. 
Now, let's 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 speak about that. False facts, fact checkers, and how they want to turn uh, fiction into fact and truth into fiction. This is this this is truly where we find ourselves today. This is the great inversion, as I've termed it. Uh, and the idea is is everything that you're seeing today, where drugs equal nutrients, uh, upside down world, clown world, you see. And that's 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 why this is so dangerous because they don't understand what's actually being created. Now, how is this part of the planned collapse of society? Well, if humans don't know what's going on, they're going to blame everybody else for their problems. You see, don't uh, don't change your lifestyle. No, just go to big pharma and get some drugs. You see, if if they can dis if they can get people to disassociate from reality and effectively control them, uh, then they have all the autonomy automatons that they need they have all the robots that they need to carry out uh, this agenda now the next video I'm gonna play for you guys is how they finally decided to remove a cell phone tower uh, after children began developing cancer believe it or not we've talked about this before but it seems like it's surfacing somewhere else you see and so why is that important the plan collapse of civilization I discussed this earlier this morning the children uh, and as I've talked about, as I call them, the reinforcements, right? The ones that are going to be showing up next to fight this this unruly beast. They're our future. And so the ruling elite realize that if they're able to uh, weaken, disenfranchise, uh, uh, poison the next generation, they won't have to worry about as many different people trying to raise awareness about the next generation's issues uh, doing these types of things. Like I'll put it to you this way. How many people are there like myself out there trying to compile this information? They want to kill off as many different kids as they can. And this will tie into uh, with the hypersexualization and the grooming of children for the next segment. They want to kill off as many different kids as they can so that they can't help uh, control or influence the future. Uh, but here we go. Let's play this video for you guys of them finally removing, because this is good news, finally removing the cell phone tower uh, from the school. The phone company Sprint shut down a cell phone tower on the campus of a California elementary school after some parents said it may be linked to several recent cases of childhood cancer. Now, those families at Weston Elementary School in Ripping claim the tower could have exposed their kids to harmful radiation. Sprint says the tower is safe and has operated well below federal safety limits, but the company turned it off anyway and plans to move it to a new location. Carter Evans spoke to the families at the center of the controversy. My son missed growing up with his friends. My son lost all of his hair. It's not something that I wish on anybody to watch their child go through what our children have gone through. Kelly Prime's son Kyle was just 10 years old when he was diagnosed with kidney cancer in 2016. Five months later, Kyle's friend and classmate Mason Ferruli developed brain cancer. 14 hours to get the tumor out and he had five weeks of inpatient rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. He had to learn to walk, talk, eat, everything all over again. Two more kids at the school were diagnosed this year. At what point are you saying, we ought to take a close look at the school here? The moment that I found out that Mason had been diagnosed, it popped into my mind that something was not okay. The moms believe the recent increase in cancer cases could be caused by radiation from radio frequency or RF waves coming from this cell tower located on the elementary school campus. 
It is classified as a possible carcinogen. That tells us that there is some evidence out there. We're not naive to the fact that there could be other components out there, other environmental influences, but the bottom line that we feel in regards to this tower is it doesn't belong there, if right. there's any indications that it's unsafe. You figure it's not worth the risk? Absolutely. The school district hired engineers to measure the exposure and concluded the tower met government and industry standards in all respects and posed no threat to student safety. The parents hired their own investigator, who found much higher RF levels than the district did, but still within government safety standards. Sprint takes safety very seriously. Sprint's Dharma Nordell says three tests have shown the cell tower is operating 100 times below the federal limit. Let me just ask you flat out, does Sprint believe that tower could be causing cancer? Absolutely not. It is not a safety concern to the community, but we do hear the community's concerns, so we're quickly working to relocate the tower. Whenever you hear of cases of cancer in a child, obviously that itself is alarming. When there's several cases in one school, that's even more alarming. CBS News medical contributor oncologist David Agus says the number of cases warrants further investigation. But he says people exposed to RF waves at normal levels have not been found to be at higher risk for developing cancer. The way to study this is to look at the incidence of cancer in proximity to these towers. We have to look at epidemiologic data, but the data today, both in adults and children, don't point to these causing cancer. The American Cancer Society says there is very little evidence to support the idea that being near a cell tower might increase the risk of cancer. But it also says very few human studies have focused specifically on that risk. And that's because you don't have a lot of people looking into the, the effects of uh, RF frequencies, ELF towers, Gwen towers, cell phone towers, and things like this. Uh, as, as, as they said before, this, the, the, the tower that was actually at that school was operating 100 times below uh, the actual standard. Now, that makes me just think right off the bat, what happens whenever they turn these, these, these towers on uh, after installing 5G? So if we're already seeing some of the effects now with this type of technology, you've got to ask the question of what comes after that. Now, this is what's happening to kids. And I, and I joked about how sick, not even joke, I talked about how sick these people must be to, to, to deliberately put up a, a cell phone tower knowing that it has cancer in the school. They know what they're doing. They're causing so many so many issues right off the bat, and this is what I wanted to say before playing the video. They, they, they want to cause so many different issues so that in the future these children are unable uh, to, to, to fight against the system, fight against the agenda. Uh, you know, if we are just now unlearning and, and, and figuring out a culture to, to combat this, there's no way that the children will have the resources, the mental capabilities, the mental faculties, uh, or the drive, or the awareness, as well as the information, in order to do these types of things. That's why the time is now to put all this stuff out there and to do this type of work. Uh, now, now, this next article I'm going to pull up for you guys, uh, and this is something that's been making waves around the entire world. There was a Dutch teen that was raped as a child and chose to be legally euthanized due to unbearable pain. Now, before I get into this article uh, about Noah Pothoven of Arnheim, of Arnheim, I want to talk about how this, this to me is very sad, clearly. Uh, but what I really think that this will do is create the Streisand effect. Uh, if for people who are familiar or unfamiliar with what that is, you know, it's where you see different people mimicking something because uh, it was it was shunned or it was, you know, it's, I, don't, I, don't, I guess I don't know really how to explain it. 
But what it's going to do is make people mimic the same type of behavior. And we've seen this before with that show on Netflix called 21 Reasons Why. Essentially what happens is people watch the show and they end up going to commit suicide. Uh, you know, and this, this, this is a documented phenomena throughout history. And it's, it's, it's strangely enough, something that's always, uh, in alignment with, with, with women and with ladies. Uh, but this idea of being able to be euthanized due to unbearable pain, I feel like this is going to happen more so than not. Uh, it's the same thing that's happening with the transgender movement. Uh, and with a lot of these different types of things, it's a, it's a kind of bandwagon mentality, but this is something that is truly, uh, Truly sad, truly astonishing, you know. And this girl, she lived with this play with this pain. She was sexually abused at eleven. Uh, she killed herself when she was seventeen, and so this is this this is this is tragic. This is this is sad. Let me get into this article. Uh, we put this up June fifth. It's from Sign of the Times. It says Dutch teen raped his child, chose to be legally euthanized uh, due to unbearable pain. A 17-year-old, a 17-year-old Dutch girl was alleged was legally allowed to kill herself using euthanasia after she was raped when her young, when younger, and spent years battling depression, according to a report Tuesday. Love is letting go in this case. Noah Podhoven of Arnhem wrote in an Instagram post announcing her choice to die in the living room on of her home Sunday. Podhoven, who was sexually abused at 11 and raped three years later, said she was sick of suffering quote unbearable pain. Quote, maybe this comes as a surprise to some, given to my posts about hospitalization, but my plan has been there for a long time, and it's not impulsive, she wrote. I will get straight to the point. Within a maximum of ten days, I will die, she added. After years of battling and fighting, I am drained. I have quit eating and drinking for a while now, and after many discussions and evaluations, it was decided to let me go because my suffering is unbearable. Quote, I, br I, I breathe, but I no longer live. Now, before I continue on, this is this to me really is sad to think about. Um, there is a fascination with death. There is there is something that has gripped society. There is something that has unmasked itself. There is something that is out there that is pouring out a crazy crazy spirit. And there are people who are not mentally strong enough to withstand it. Who are not spiritually uh, in a place to pull themselves up. There are people who are succumbing. To the darkness. Just last week, we talked about how uh, euthanasia was going to be legalized, and how that's that's becoming more and more of an abundant option. This, to me, is dangerous. Uh, I I can't speak to this to this girl's pain. I don't know, you know, what she's been through, what she's experienced, and why something like that would happen. But there are there are thousands of kids out there who are experiencing trauma like that. And what happens whenever euthanasia becomes an acceptable form of assisted suicide? You have doctors in Canada, I think, that were, and we talked about this last week, doctors that were pushing to legalize euthanizing mentally ill patients. Now, is depression considered mentally ill? We talked about this as well just last week. Uh, the World Health Organization removed transgenderism from its mental health illness uh, list, and it put up gaming. So does that mean that gamers in Canada should be euthanized because they're mentally ill? And I know that's a, a hardcore, crazy confabulation. But what I'm trying to say is, where does, where does this end? You see, what, what happens whenever we just start killing people left and right because we can no longer offer them help and they choose? And there's nothing here in society that encourages them to make better decisions. You see, let me get back into this article uh, it says, 
in the Netherlands, kids ages 12 to 16 need permission from a parent to be euthanized and must have consulted a doctor who agrees that their suffering is unbearable and likely to continue. But at 17, children no longer need their parents' consent to apply to kill themselves. Pothover turned 17 in December. The Netherlands, legal, the Netherlands legalized euthanasia in 2001, the year she was born. There are no reports of her parents legally challenging her choice at 17, although a year earlier they refused to give her permission because they thought she should complete trauma treatment and, and that her brain should be fully grown before a definitive decision. Wow. Uh, Pothoven, who asked friends not to try to change her mind, wrote before she died that she suffered from post-traumatic stress and anorexia in the wake of sex attacks, according to the UK Sun. Last year, she was admitted to the, to the Rhine State Hospital in Arnheim, seriously underweight and with near organ failure. She was put, into, she was put in a coma and fed via tubes. Like, really? To me, I'm not going to lie. This is, this is sad to read. This is the type of stuff that makes my heart sink. It really does. You don't think about, like, I guess you really don't think about what the kids are facing until you start reading stuff like this. You see how, how they don't really see hope for the future. You got people like AOC saying the world is going to end. The world is going to end. The world is going to end. They play these video games. The world's already ended. There's zombies or it's post-apocalyptic. You don't think about how, 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 how they can't separate what they're hearing from the video games from also what they're hearing from reality. So they have no hope. You see, that's why this is so dangerous. And these are, this is what we're doing to our, to our kids. It's like if they get here, what hope are we giving them? It, 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 it truly does uh, upset me. How is this part of the plan? Collapse of, civiliz of civilization? Operation degradation? Depression is up. Mental illness is up. Suicide is up. Uh, 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 obesity is up. Uh, apathy is up. Just all of it. All of it. It truly is. This is this is part of the collapse of society where we get where we let go of morals, where we let go of ideas, uh, values. Hey, let's just nothing matters. Let's all end it. That's what I keep asking you guys. Who is telling these people these types of things? Who is telling who's telling somebody to go rape an 11 year old? Who's telling somebody to go rape a 14 year old? But and this is the crazy part, and we'll get into more of this in the next segment with Snapchat. You know, releasing their uh, age has no love filter, the transgen, the uh, the, gen the gender bender filter. You see, people don't think about how this is predatorial behavior and how this can affect other individuals uh, when trying to access. Whenever we try to uh, live in excess for ourselves, it's very dangerous. And you know, rest in peace to Noah Pothoven, as well as Kendrick Castillo, the the, the shooter at the Highland Ranch. Um, school out there in Denver. There are children that are seeing this, that are growing up in this chaos, and that's what I'm telling you. The ones that withstand this current wave of darkness that is, that is, that is being poured out here, they're going to become stronger. But the ones that are succumbing to it, I can't fault them. I truly can't. My heart goes out to these types of people. But to end it on some good news, uh, or on some... I, I say this is good news... But this is this is how this is where we're at. Uh, but to end it on some rather controversially news, uh, Samoa has withdrawn its MMR vaccine after two babies died just minutes after receiving it. So, no, we're not talking about euthanasia. They're giving vaccines to babies and children are dying from it. This is why we have such an issue with it. But as as uh, as Mike Adams of Natural News said in his anti-knowledge agenda. 
This is why they say the drugs equal nutrients. No, we don't need to look at why that why somebody has a nutrient deficiency. Maybe get them back to point. No, just give them an overwhelming amount of drugs. You've got to think about what these people are doing. If they can get you to inherently override your natural programming, then they've won. Let's get into this article. We put this up June 3rd. It's from Humans Are Free. It says the Samoan government has ordered doctors to stop administrating a vaccination protecting against the measles, mumps, and rubella. The nationwide halt was requested after two babies died after minutes after receiving the MMR vaccination. The babies were rushed to stop uh, Safodu Hospital in Savai, but couldn't be saved. The first baby, a one-year-old girl, died within three minutes of being injected with the vaccine, TVI One Samoa reported. Two hours later, a, sampli- a second family brought in their one-year-old boy to be vaccinated, but refused to go through with it after hearing about the earlier death. The nurse alleged, uh, allegedly injected the boy without the parent's consent, and he died within one minute. An immediate withdrawal of the vaccine was ordered by the Ministry of Health CEO, Dr. Take Nasari. A forensic autopsy on the two babies has also been requested. Their deaths are being investigated by police. Prime Minister Chilapie uh, Lupe Sali, um, sounds like a Hawaiian name for sure, or Samoan name for sure, uh, Dr. Salai Malagasai, <laughs> expressed his condolences to the family via Facebook. There are already processes that will determine if negligence is a factor, and if so, rest assured those processes will be implemented to the letter to ensure that the tragedy, that such a tragedy will not be repeated and those responsible will be made to answer. He said, providing quality health care for our people remains a key government priority. And that's the type of stuff, that's the type of response that you would hope you would hear from elected officials whenever they have these types of things happen. But over here in corrupt America, the United Soviet States of America, no, that uh, no, you can't have righteousness. You can't fight back. You can't say good things. You can't own up to your mistakes. That means you were wrong. Though, and this is how upside down we are in this anti-knowledge world we in with this operation degradation going on. They'll say it's the baby's fault for receiving the vaccine. That the baby had a bad chemistry and came from bad parents. You've got to really look at what they're doing to us through neuro-linguistic programming. They're literally training us to not trust our instincts and to turn off the Holy Spirit. I, I, I know you don't want to hear it, but that's the truth of the matter. Everything you hear that is coming from me when I get in, into these modes talking about this type of stuff is because I am trying to rebel against this system that is, that is wanting full autonomy, that wants to shoot your kid up with vaccines that wants to euthanize your child, that doesn't want to actually try to take the steps to help them. No. No, 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 no. What they want to do is they want control. And that's why it's so dangerous. But what's going to happen, gang, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, the generational grooming, the hypersexualization of children. Clearly, you must see that there is an agenda going on. We have, a, uh, we have, we have people that have come out with a straight pride parade. And that has just enraged the LGBTQP community. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Freedom Faction, out. And we're back. That's right. Welcome back. Thank you for being here as we try to make sense of all the insanity that we see taking place. Now, I'm going to play for you guys a video of, uh, and this, this came out last year, 
of Dylan Pontiff. And for people who don't know who that is, that's a drag queen. Storytime reader. Yeah. He went to city council and he said, well, we know what we're doing. We're going to go ahead and start grooming your children so they, so they, get, so they, so they tolerate us. There's been a lot of information that has come out this week about uh, the, the organized agenda for people's children going, going after them. Clearly the obvious sexualization of children. Uh, but with that being said, let's play for you this clip. This is drag queen Dylan Pontev speaking to Louisiana's Lafayette Library Board of, Count, of Control on separate, sep, September 17th, uh, 2018. Let's take a listen. My name is Dylan Pontiff. I'm actually going to be one of the drag queens reading for Drag Queen Storytime. So, apparently to a lot of people in this room, I'm the big boogeyman. And as you can see, I'm probably the most unintimidating person you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, I decided to do this event whenever it was introduced because I have nieces and nephews that I love very much. And I am a person that has been through a lot in their lives. I've been bullied most of my life for being a gay male, being not necessarily what the typical man is. And I thought that this event could be something that shows people and shows children, especially at that age, that understanding that people are different than you doesn't necessarily make them unnormal or makes them not good. And I think that what's truly sad is that once I was announced as the person reading, the amount of hate that I received because of this resolution that has been presented to this board um, I've been called an it. I've been called disgusting. Um, and I don't think any of these people know me well enough to say any of those things. But I think that the true misunderstanding of what this event is supposed to be and what me dressing up in drag for it is going to be. I am not there to push any kind of agenda. I was told at the library council meeting last night that I'm pushing the trans agenda. I'm pushing an overly sexualized agenda. And that is furthest from the truth. I am just as talented as a singer or a dancer or anyone that has a special talent. It just mine is dressing up as a woman and entertaining a crowd. Now, everywhere you can go, you can see that people can change their views for certain audiences. Just as much as someone can be an actor and uh, be in an actor movie for a rated R movie and they can go around and be in a G-rated movie, I can go and entertain, entertain an adults in a club, but also entertain a group of students and young children. I'm able to do that because I'm an adult and I know how to filter myself. And I just think that it is implorable of some of the opinions that I've seen and some of the looks I received here tonight. The eyes that people give you whenever they think that you are the one that's in support of this event is truly disgusting. And I am not here to obviously change anyone's views about me. But I'm here to let you know that this event is something that's going to be very beautiful. And for the children and the people that support it are going to realize that this is going to be the grooming of the next generation. We are trying to groom the next generation to not see the way that they just did. And just because I said that, you heard the little plore of people behind me. It's disgusting. We are trying to teach people to be tolerable, to be patient, to be loving. And the fact of the matter is that I'm standing right here and there's probably 50 people behind me looking at me with daggers, wishing that I would probably die in a car wreck whenever I leave here. It's truly implorable. And that is what we're trying to do at Drag Queen Storytime. We're trying to raise people to be loving and caring individuals. And I really hope that this event is going to do that for not only just the children at this event, but children in the future. Thank you. And now you have a show's coming out called Age Gap Love, 
where they just say that, you know, having sex with kids, you know, hey, that's something that happens all the time. Give us your kids. Now, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. But all I can say is that when I watched that actual, that, that actual meeting, that, that city council meeting, that just made me think of Satanists in Pensacola, Florida, uh, having like a Hail Satan ceremony right there. And I'll play for you guys that clip shortly. Now, why am I making that connection? They're openly coming out. Like, say what you want. Kid's courageous. If he's going out there to city council saying, hey, look, we're going to groom your kids. Takes a, lot of, takes a lot of huevos to go out there and do that type of stuff. And that's what he's doing. He says, look, I don't like how you guys are looking at me. I'm going to groom your kids to not look at me like that. And that, to me, I, it, it's, it's bold. And that's what I mean. They've unmasked. They come out. They're saying these types of things. They're doing this type of work, and they know what they're doing. It's, 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 it's not, uh, it's, 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 I guess it's not based in deception. It's all out there in the, in, in, it's all out there in the open now. I mean, as he said before, he knows that he's dance, he's dressing up as a woman and dancing uh, for kids. Oh, he, but he can, but he can dial it back. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure dialing back, dressing up as a woman won't make, it won't scare the children at all. Uh, but here, let me play for you guys this clip of Satanists in Pensacola, Florida, hailing Satan. This was the invocation for the July 14th, 2016 meeting of the Pensacola, Florida City Council. So almost uh, almost three years ago now, we've had Satanists going to city council meetings. And then two years ago, or is it, yeah, no, one year ago is when we have uh, drag queens saying, we're going to groom your kids. I just, again, want to paint a picture of where America's going. At this time, we will have an invocation by David Suhor. This will be followed by a Pledge of Allegiance led by Vice President Brian Spencer. They want rights too. That's that's all this is. They want rights too. Hearing people, you're hearing people pray as the Satan shows up. David Suher has re repeatedly called for an end to invocations at public meetings. According to the law, if a public meeting begins with a prayer, the opportunity must open for anyone. So essentially, he's going in there as a Satanist to lead invocations for I'm religious give freedom. You a chance to speak. If you deviate from what I feel is proper invocation speech, I will have you removed from the chamber. That won't be an issue. Okay. However, I would prefer, I would ask that these people remain quiet, or at least a level where my invocation may be heard. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you to at least keep it to a low no. Volume? No, he's going to pronounce curses on us and you. Then I'm going to have to ask you all to leave so that he can give his invocation. I can clear the chambers if I like. I don't want to have to do that. Oh, but, oh, wow. Mr. President, can I 
allowed no, to sir. No, way. sir. No, sir. This is the invocation. No, the void form is coming. This is being placed on the city council and the city and Escambia County and our and our friends and family. Mr. President, you okay. allowed him last week to stand on the floor. We need to have the chambers cleared this time. Harry Roma. We need to have the chambers cleared. We're not going to need everybody to exit the chamber. Let us stand now. Unhoud and unfettered by arcane doctrines born of fearful minds in darkened times. Let us embrace the Luciferian impulse to eat of the tree of knowledge and dissipate our blissful and comforting delusions of old. Let us demand that individuals be judged for their concrete actions. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop there. Because at the end of the day, we're still listening to a Satanist given vocations, and I don't want that over here on the show. Now, why am I playing this? Why am I playing this right after having a, a, a drag queen story time reader uh, at a city council meeting? Well, <laughs> that new documentary, Hell Satan, came out, and I, I, for hardcore listeners that have been following, you understand what I'm about to say. When two years ago, when we had covered all uh, three years ago, believe it or not. 2016, Anna Lucius, the year of light, we, 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 we documented the rise of Satanism. And what I'm about to say is going to sound a little crazy. There is a hardcore push from the LGBTQ movement to worm its way into the Satanic temple. I know, probably sound like a crazy, xeno, xenophobic, uh, bigoted Christian person, but you can, if, I wish I could go back and pull up those articles and those documents and show you guys. I kid you not. Because this is very real. Now, what is the correlation there? How does that tie into the grooming of children? Right? The hypersexualization of children. Well, we're talking about Satan, you know, being rebellious. You know, Satan being cool. Remember the satanic panic of the 80s, right? When cops, and I have the, the, the documents here of the Michigan State Police from like 1988, where they were finding all kinds of different occult spells and rituals and things uh, at crime scenes and stuff like that. Well, what do you think is happening now? We are literally teetering on the, the, the precipice. We are about to go off of the deep end. You have got lunatics. You have got uh, insane people, people with mental illness, uh, people with chemical dependencies, nutrient, de indefic uh, nutrient deficiencies. You have got a lot of people out there who are sick inside. And you know what? They're seeing what's happening now as their call, as their time to, to, to come out to do this type of work. They think that this is the perfect time. Heck yeah. What? Why not openly declare that they love the devil? Who, who wouldn't want to do that? I, talked about, I talk about this all the time. These people full-blown come out and say, no, we worship the devil. No, full-blown, we want your kids. Full-blown, we're coming after you. No, we're not hiding it. No, we're not being deceitful or deceptive. We're coming for you. And that's the crazy part about it. I, I, I truly don't know how else to describe it other than other than that fact. You see, and if they're not coming for you, they're going to figure out a way to manipulate uh, manipulate society to come to you. 
you see. Like, check this out. Uh, the Free Thought Project put out an article. It was picked up over here uh, by the Sons of Liberty Media, and it says, uh, by, by Matt Agarist, it says, Harvard study shows, a U- shows YouTube promotes pedophilia to people who watch erotic videos. So essentially what they're saying is algorithmically they have categorized people who watch erotic videos to over time eventually want to watch pedophile videos, want to watch strange things like this. Like here, before I get into this article, let me let me let me pause, take a quick a quick uh, pivot from the show notes and from everything that we're doing here. I've been watching uh, A&E did a great a great series. I forget who the, the reporter is. But Amy did a great series on cults and extreme beliefs. Now, I skipped to the end of the, the series. I watched the, the two-part series where, or the two-part uh, season, the, the two-part finale to see, like, essentially what all these cults had in common uh, and how essentially what it is is breaking down the individual so that they can recreate them. They have the Nixon sex cult, which we've covered over here on the show, uh, the Children of God, Nation of Islam, uh, all kinds of pretty... It, it's very interesting. I would hope you guys check it out. Uh, but in that, they talk about what the whole purpose of it is. It's it's to where they literally get people to get in bed to a point to where they blackmail themselves and where they can't come out because that's all the life that they've ever known. You see, it's the same thing with the conscious community as well. Uh, and, and better yet, it's better with the... I'll use this example with the vegan agenda, with the vegan movement, to where people base their entire lives off of not eating animals, not eating plants, or not eating not eating life, not eating meat, not doing any of that type of stuff. But the minute that they begin to show nutrient deficiencies and their malnourishment and their body begins to break down, and then they go have some fish, or they go have like a steak, or they go get something that has the protein and the nutrients that their body is uh, deficient of, they feel a thousand times better. But in doing that, and feeling better, and taking care of themselves, and, st- and, and making the right decision, the whole vegan community begins to shame this individual because they did not uphold the vegan rule, because they did not hold uh, veganism high enough. You see how that works? The cult kind of mindset is if like you trying to take care of yourself is a bad thing, jump on the bandwagon over here, kill yourself with us. It's the same thing with the Satanism. It's the same thing with all these different pop-up groups that are happening. Join us, virtue signal like us, and if you step out of line, you're the problem. Just last week, we read to you guys a story in Sweden about how uh, this, this happened in a Swedish classroom with the climate strikes that are going on there. The little girl didn't want to go join the climate strike that was happening. Everybody wanted to leave school to go protest climate change. She says she just wants education. The teacher and the students begin to berate that one child, saying, she don't, you don't care about the earth. You don't care about the planet. You must be one of those climate deniers. She's like, I don't even care. I just, I just want to learn what's going on. But you see, it's that cult-like mindset, that cult-like mindset with the extreme beliefs that, that, that promote this type of bandwagon mentality, the mob mentality. Better go ahead and grab your pitchfork. Who are we burning today? You see. And it's the same thing with the Satanic Temple. It's the same thing with a lot of these things that are happening and popping up overnight. Uh, but let me get back into this. Reading this article, why they want to algorithmically align you with other people who have your same kind of proclivities. Dangerous stuff, man. Dangerous stuff. Uh, we put this up June 5th. It's by Matt Agarist of uh, the Free Thought Project. They carried it over there at Sons of Liberty Media. It says, for years now, the Free Thought Project has been reporting on the sadistic and outright horrifying pedophilia content that films or that fills the murky depths of YouTube. 
The company who cracks down on peaceful channels and censors alternative media has has long allowed this disturbing content on their platform. Despite advertisers fleeing the platform for disturbing content, YouTube is once again in the spotlight for promoting pedophilia, this time in an extremely disturbing manner. Researchers at the Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society at Harvard University found a disturbing trend when examining the algorithm of YouTube, of YouTube users who view erotic content. The study showed that after regular users watch erotic videos, they are recommended videos of women dressing as young girls before them, before the algorithm eventually shows them videos of girls as young as five or six wearing bathing suits or getting dressed. As CNBC points out, according to the piece, YouTube's recommendation system changed to no longer link some of the revealing videos together, but the company told the New York Times it was probably, quote, it was probably a result of routine tweaks to its algorithms rather than a deliberate, rather than a deliberate policy change. YouTube also said that turning off its recommendation system on videos of children would, quote, hurt creators who rely on those clicks but didn't say it would limit recommendations on videos it deemed putting children at risk, the report said. So essentially what they're trying to say is, well, people rely on those clicks. We can't change the algorithm. This is what people are seeing. People people want to see this type of stuff. People want to see children undressing. People want to see this type of this, this strange stuff. You know, uh, we did an episode with the, the group, the pedophile hunting group, Hunted and Confronted, uh, and we asked them in that episode, what is the mind of a predator? Like, let, like, how do you think these people act? Well, they go after children. They go after weak people. You see, they go after those that really can't protect themselves. This is why we're talking about weak-willed individuals and children and predatorial mindsets and how they harp after them. No, this is why they tell you that there's, uh, age has no love. This is why they tell you such strange things. I just find it so strange and so disturbing, really, at another level, uh, that this is basically where we're at. I want to read for you guys real quick uh, some of the some of the tweets, or some of the yeah some of the tweets uh, from the response of people whenever these guys in Boston said that they wanted to have a straight pride parade, uh, and tw- and Twitter literally hopped up and just like. <laughs> It just hopped up and said, you know what, this is stupid. Right here. The straight pride parade will be mostly men because very few women will get to come. Straight pride parade, and this is said by the band Smash Mouth. They said, F off. Uh, Boston straight pride parade where you have to come in a costume as your favorite Mark Wahlberg character. Everyone walks around ordering a cranberry juice at a bar and saying, how you like them apples? The straight pride parade is every weekend when you see four dudes in polos walking back to their campus at 2 a.m. looking very bummed that they didn't get laid. To my understanding, and this is said by uh, Nick Wanserewski, to my understanding, the straight pride parade is just a checkout line at Costco. This is said by Golden State is a P-Thing by LeBron McLean. says the straight pride parade, they're all going to be named Sean. And then Becky the Hoff put up a picture of a, basically a, a trash bags on the side of the road. It said a straight pride parade would look exactly like this. And right here, Ronald Funches on Twitter says, You can't have straight pride parade. Parades are inherently gay. Embrace it. <laughs> that was kind of funny. But I, I, I want to get into this, this guy right here, Tim Ross. Tim Ross Comedy. Now, these are the type of people who are saying this type of stuff. Jokes. They hate themselves. They're ugly. They're sad, but they're telling you how to live your life. These people who can't get out here and 
get a date. Uh, these are the ones that, that talk crap about the chads, you know, about the, the bros, about people who actually take care of themselves, groom themselves. You know, what do we just go over uh, in the first segment? The idea of, of health, trying to take care of yourself, uh, eating properly, and, and, and trying to be presentable. Well, that's not happening in today's society. In fact, in today's society, they want to embrace debauchery. They want to embrace decadence. You see, evil is cool, good is bad. This is more of that, 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 that great inversion I was trying to allude to uh, with you guys. But here, what's going to happen is I'm going to play for you guys this clip of mainstream media essentially trying to normalize pedophilic love with this new show called Age Gap Love. Let's take a listen. It's the start of the summer holidays, and for this age gap couple, a chance to unwind. Love camping because uh, it's peace and quiet. I'm Andy, and I'm 47. And I'm Beth, and I'm 19. Their 28-year age gap may make them look like father and daughter, but they are every bit a married couple. Oh, my dearly beloved is going to set up the doghouse. When I get told off, I have to go and live in the tent for a bit. Andy was originally a friend of Beth's mum, and over the years became close to her children too. We were all like one happy family, but needless to say, I didn't know that Beth was like getting these thoughts that she wanted me to be a happy man forever sort of thing, you know. But once she reached the age of 16, Beth wanted to take their friendship to the next level. The age doesn't really bother me. It never has done. I don't see him as an old man or my dad or anything like that. He's just sensitive. Like a big teddy bear. Stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I was concerned what people would think 16, 40, it's a, bit, it's a big gap, you know, it's a generation gap sort of thing, so it's like, what are people going to think? However, when Andy realised Beth was serious, he decided to give this controversial relationship a go. Oh, my days. Right, just leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. You're getting all aerated with you today. You're getting all stressed. That's not going to work. Gonna... Chill, just chill. Chill. It is what it is. And once they'd fallen in love, Andy became determined to give Beth everything she had ever wanted. It'll do. This is Timmy, and he's two. And this is Conway, and he's one. I've always wanted to make a family, or to have a family. So, I just thought Andy would be the perfect one to do so. Well, there you have it. 47. And 16, hey, they're cool with it. You should be too. You should be too. Uh, and, and, and what I find strange, and I'm actually glad they said this in this, this video particularly, because I find this becoming more and more of the talking point for the future. What I find strange is the fact that you have 16-year-olds and 19-year-olds, youngins, little children, little prostitutes. You have kids finding older people attractive. You have, and I've said this before on the show with you guys, about how strange is it going to be whenever you have kids coming up to you to come flirt with you? How strange is it going to be whenever you're, you know, going about your business, you're at the, you're at Starbucks, you're at the gym, you're at the store or whatever, and you're getting hit on by some 12-year-old, by some 14-year-old, some 16-year-old, and they're, they're like really pushing. Like, that's the crazy thing. 
The Cougars are gone. The MILFs, they're done. Now, it's something else. But this is what happens with the hypersexualization of children. you got Dylan Pontiff talking about grooming children, Satanists, leading invocations. Where, do you th- where did you truly think this was going to lead? You know, I, I wanted to play a little bit of, of the TEDx clip of them saying that we have to normalize, uh, that we have to normalize uh, pedophilia, right? That they're minors attracted persons. But this is some crazy stuff. It really is. It blows my mind. I played for you guys a clip where there was like a, a, a California official uh, that spoke about how pedophilia is something we just got to teach the kids about because they have to get used to being hit on by adults and we have to get used to being hit on by children. This is essentially what they're trying to tell us. And I had this revelation earlier this week. The pedogate phenomena wasn't about the rounding up of, of, of pedophiles. It wasn't about organized uh, pedophilia. It was literally conditioning the public to be aware of how vast and how, how much of an epidemic this truly is. You see, this is why they're, they're teaching kindergartners uh, about gender bending. Like, it is crazy. It truly is. It truly is crazy. You had somebody that uh, won a medal earlier this week because he became a she. And this is, it. it's wild. It's wild. And I only know it. I know it's only going to intensify. That's the crazy thing about it is I know it's only going to intensify. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the uh, TEDx normalization of pedophilia in the link, the link for that in the description bar below. Uh, so you guys can go check it out because this is something that they did just last year. You see, uh, and this is, this is, this is just crazy to me. Um, I'm going to pull up an article for you guys, for you guys about, uh, Joe Biden's equality act. Uh, and you know, I, I can understand, I sure these people have all the rights that you want, but the minute that we become chastised for being hetero, for being normal, uh, for being a straight black male, that's whenever I have like an issue about it, you know? That's 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 just what I, I that's just how I feel about the matter. You know, just last week we had read to you guys about how Alabama wants to get rid of marriage license. They want to get rid of marriages. You know, and and in in the in the UK, they're actually fearing mass protests because the parents are saying, "Look, we don't want you to teach LGBTQP history or whatever this curriculum is. We don't want you to teach it to our kids." And so the LGBTQP that whole community in the UK they're up in arms. They're saying, we demand you teach our culture to your kids. Sounds, it sounds fantastical, but <laughs> I kid you not, it truly isn't. Check this out. We put this up June 3rd. It's by Jeffrey Greider of Now the End Begins. It says, hair-sniffing 2020 presidential candidate, creepy Joe Biden, declares that the LGBTQP plus Equality Act bill will be his number one priority if elected. Democratic presidential candidate Creepy Joe Biden declared Saturday that the Equality Act would be his top legislative priority as an effort to enshrine LGBTQP plus protections into the nation's labor and civil rights laws. I want you to pay close attention to what Creepy Joe Biden is saying here. It is overwhelmingly important that you catch it. He's saying that if elected president, he will make a bill that will affect less than 3% of our national population his top priority if elected president. Even if Biden weren't a hair-sniffing child toucher, <laughs> this one thing he has said, out of the dozens and dozens of incredibly stupid things he has said, is most troubling of all. A president is the president of all people, and as such has to address the topics that affect the greater good. 
we already have laws against people hurting or discriminating against other people for just about any reason you can imagine. We don't need this biased Equality Act, which is nothing but equality. This bill places the LGBTQP above the knees of the 97% of America in, and is also a bill that will harm Christians and conservatives. And we will be taking a lot and we will be talking a lot about that as we get closer to the 2020 presidential campaign. Everything now has been weaponized by the radical, radical left in the, in the country. A sporting event is no longer just fun. It's being used to push leftist agendas on captive audiences. The same goes for concerts and everything, you can, and everything else you can imagine. If we sit idly by and do nothing, the left will take control. They will take us off of our, off of our founding documents, and we will become a socialist, at the very least, nation. Now, if you can live with that, just keep on doing nothing and staying silent. The left is counting on it. And this next part comes from CBN News. It says the former vice president shared his hopes of signing legislation as part of a keynote address to hundreds of activists in the human rights campaign's annual Ohio Galley on the first day of Pride Month. Uh, in a half hour at the lectern, his remarks range from emotional tributes to his audience and their personal endurance of con the condemnations of President Trump. So essentially what they're saying is they, they, they want more rights. Uh, they, they want more rights. And I guess I what happens because I'm libertarian some I'm libertarian what happens whenever they literally have the right to come in and rape your child what happens whenever your child has rights and this pedophile has rights and the, he wants to use he wants to exercise his right to molest and fondle your child what happens when you literally become the problem because you don't want your child to be diddled by this aggressive pedophile you see, I wanted to get up the, 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 the Bible quote where it talked about the two angels that came in. I think it's, I think it's the story of Lot and why Sodom and Gomorrah was burned. Uh, it's because the people were so wicked and so lusting after flesh and just wick, just gross, just decadent, that the people of Gomorrah, of Sodom and Gomorrah, they literally saw angels come down from heaven, stay with Lot. They almost ran in Lot's house. To, to, to say, let us have sex with these angels. Lot says, please, take my daughter instead. Don't, don't, touch these, don't touch these angels. You don't know what that is. They said, we'll take your daughter and we'll take these angels. And we'll take you too if you get in our way. What does that sound like today? Could you, could you imagine literally saying, please don't rape me by the people who said that rape culture is bad and, and, and I want to say this as well, because I meant to talk about this when, when, when speaking about the pedophilia stuff. You know, we don't talk about how a lot of these people who, are, who end up becoming child molesters, or pred sexual predators, perverts, or any of this type of nature. We don't talk about how they themselves were molested, how they themselves were victims, and now they're just perpetuating the cycle. They're, they're going out to go victimize others. And this is something we've talked about with Dr. John A. King. Uh, the Hunted and Confronted crew. We've talked about this time and time again with different guests about how that's the pedophilic formula because they're unable to have kids. And I'll play for you guys a quick video after this about how Alabama is considering chemical castration for child sex offenders because they're unable to have kids. They reproduce by infecting others with this same kind of pedophilic, pervert, perverted, whatever this is. It's crazy. It, 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 it truly is crazy. You know what, let's just go ahead and get that video up for you guys uh, where they're talking about chemical castration as a condition for the parole of child sex offenders. Now, personally, I think this is all nuts. This, it's, 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 it's extraordinarily authoritarian, but this is where we're at in society.
Obama is now considering chemical castration for pedophiles. A bill that would do just that is now on Governor Ivey's desk. Now, if she signs it, the courts would decide whether people convicted of sexually assaulting minors would be administered drugs for castration. CBS 42 News reporter Corey McGinnis joins us live. Corey, you spoke with a representative who proposed this bill. I did, and he's very passionate about this bill. And I did want to mention that this bill has been in the making for quite some time now, but I also got the chance to speak with one attorney who says that this bill might be challenged under the Eighth Amendment Constitution. They should be marked for life. Representative Stephen Hurst is passionate and has no tolerance for child molesters, which is why he sponsors Bill 379. Maybe now we can do something that can protect these children. The bill requires child rapists to be chemically castrated once released from prison. Hearst says his original idea was for surgical castration, but after research of the issue, he opted for chemical castration, which involves requiring felons to take medication that inhibits their sex drive. All we're trying to do, we're just trying to, to fix it to where that some, some small child is, is not molested. Here's how it would work. The felons would be given the first dose of medication prior to their release. As a condition of their parole, they would have to go to the health department for follow-up doses, either through injection or orally. I don't think it would be effective. Attorney Raymond Johnson says the bill would be a serious constitutional challenge by any attorney that handles these types of cases. They're going to challenge it under the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution because uh, they're going to claim that it is cruel and unusual punishment for someone who has uh, served their time I could see and that. for the rest of their life have to be castrated. Yeah, Johnson says child molestation is a serious offense and already has serious consequences, such as time served in prison, followed by probation or parole. Hearst says the treatment would be reversible simply by stopping taking the medication and leaves this question for those against the bill. What's more inhumane than molesting a small child? I don't know. So what happens next? Well, it goes to Governor Kay Ivey's desk for signature. We will stay on top of this story. Live in Birmingham tonight, Corey McGinnis, CBS 42 News, local coverage you can count on. <laughs> right on. Corey. Well, thank you, Corey. So <laughs> that's the craziness. Uh, I could see how that, yeah, that is cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, but these people, you know, they go in and if they don't get shivved up for touching kids, they come out having eat the craziest urges. So, you know, it, it, it truly is an epidemic and it's something that we need to discuss. Um, and so this is what I feel like the whole reaction to Pedogate is, uh, the, the, the plethora of transgenderism, the gender, the, the, the gender bending, the drag queen story time, all of this stuff that they're putting out there is because they're showing that people have had these issues for, for forever and we, and they can't hide it. And because we're, we're moving more into a decadent society, people don't want to have values. They don't want to fight that. They want to snatch a kid up, you see. And this is, this is craziness to me. It, it truly is craziness to me. Uh, you know, let me play for you guys this, this video of Bernie Sanders uh, pushing abortions up till birth. And that, 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 again, this just shows where society is at. This is part of that medical tyranny versus mer uh, medical freedom and the, and the, the societal engineering aspect behind it. Uh, what is going on? With sexuality, what is going on with humanity? It it, it should be. It sh you would think it would be so simple: a man and a woman get together and they have kids. But you don't worry. You don't think about your neighbor diddling your kids. You don't think about uh, your teacher teaching your child about gender identity and sexuality and all this other type of stuff. This is the craziness that we find ourselves living in. And now, you've got Bernie Sanders uh, talking about how there is no middle ground 
on all of these different topics, things like healthcare, uh, fighting, fighting big pharma, which I, which I am for. You know, there's a lot of different things that he says in this one. Uh, but here, let's take a listen. We have got to make it clear that when the future of the planet is at stake, there is no middle ground. We will take on the fossil fuel industry and transform our energy system. We have got to make it clear that when this country drifts toward oligarchy, there is no middle ground. Large profitable corporations like Amazon will pay their fair share of taxes. When it comes to health care, there is no middle ground. Health care is a human right, not a privilege. And we will guarantee health care to all of our people through a Medicare for all single payer system. When it comes to abortion, there is no middle ground. A woman has the right to control her own life, not the government. When it comes to prescription drugs, no middle ground. We're going to take on the pharmaceutical industry, cut prescription drug prices in half. And when it comes to mass shootings and the fact that 40,000 people were killed last year with guns, no middle ground, we will take on the NRA. And when it comes to criminal justice reform and immigration reform, no middle ground, we will take on the prison industrial complex. We will take on racism at the border. And when it comes to foreign policy, no middle ground, we will finally put an end to a bloated middle military budget and end endless wars. Brothers and sisters, Trump wants to divide us up, we will stand together. Black and white and Latino, Native American, Asian American. We will stand together and create the nation that we know we will become. Brothers and sisters, at this momentous moment in American history, we have got to be thinking not just about ourselves, but future generations. Let us go forward together. Thank you. There you have it, Bernie. Thank you, Bernie. So a lot of different things there. Talking about energy, big pharma, Amazon, NRA, immigration, criminal reform, racism, and so much more. I wanted to put this over here in the segment of generational grooming to show you how, yeah, 
Healthcare abortion, that's a big thing right now. Miley Cyrus recently came out this week uh, doing a series of photos where she was standing over a cake and doing, you know, her sexually promiscuous stuff that she always does, hoeing out like Miley does. But this time, she's holding, over, she's holding out a, 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 a cake that says healthcare is a human right. Healthcare or abortion is a human right. Now, Miley Cyrus in Hollywood, they have done nothing. No, that, that's why they need the society they need, you see, because Hollywood needs to promote a sexually promiscuous lifestyle. It needs to promote life without marriage. It needs to promote no responsibilities, you see. Uh, so a lot of different things to look at there with Bernie. Uh, I like what he had to say. You know, believe it or not, I like what Bernie had to say because we do need to look at energy. Uh, Big Pharma is an issue. Amazon is growing out of control. I'm not a member of the NRA, uh, but I do like guns. And it, it, Not this episode. Another discussion for another day. Uh, what does this mean? You see, looking at healthcare, looking at Cory Booker's Office of Reproductive uh, Freedom, Joe Biden's Equality Act, abortions up till birth, chemical castration. What is this? What is happening to society? And kids are watching this type of stuff, too. We're, we're, we're not allowed to have a straight pride parade because the LGBTQP immunity, or community doesn't think that we're, they don't want to be inclusive of straight people. You see, it's, it's only for people out there like that. Uh, so I guess I just have so many different questions looking at this because it's so, it's not ambiguous, but it's vague. It's like targeted. It's scientific almost. Uh, how do we literally get, how do we literally confuse people about the state of normalcy while also injecting our own agenda? Uh, you know, just last week we played for you guys a clip where uh, they were, they where uh, Snapchat had introduced its new transgender, transgender filter where it changed you into a girl if you were a boy and a boy if you were a girl. Uh, and people are, believe it or not, going to go get those hormone reassignment treatments and so this is this is where we're at right now this is what i mean by people being easily influenced this is what i mean by the technocracy the social engineering and what's all going on behind it so many different things uh to look at there really it truly is fascinating to see all this type of stuff but it's also dangerous because we're messing with the future and we're messing uh with 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 like bernie said the generations that come after you see Years ago, back in like 2013, I remember being in like a teriyaki chicken bowl drive-through, talking about how what they would, what they want for our generation is the legalization of weed uh, and essentially same-sex marriages. They want us just to get high so that we can have so that we can have sex with ourselves. They want us to disassociate from reality and then just become carnal, fleshly, corporeal, and all this other stuff. I meant to talk about this in relation to uh, the, the that this the member from the satanic temple uh, leading his invocation. But that's all we're doing right now is whether or not you join the satanic temple, they're still deploying the satanic temple's values to the masses with the narcissism, with the, the, I don't want to say like the, the, the carnivore uh, diet, uh, but the narcissism, the egotism, uh, the, the, the nepotism, the apathy, the degradation, the believing that you're just, uh, a clump of cells, that you're a beast, that you are nothing. There's there's no part of divinity within you. As he said, uh, in, in embracing the Luciferian impulse, you know, releasing paganism. You can do everything in America other than be wholesome, decent, and righteous. Because if you do that, because of the death grip that's got America right now, you're a part of the problem. You see. 
And that's why all of this stuff is so dangerous. But what's going to happen, gang, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the spiritual schisms that have gripped America. How I'm, I'm going to play for you guys the full trailer of the Hail Satan documentary that was released and why that's important to literally look at the state of people's mindsets, the state of people's spirituality. Uh, I had this revelation. I'll say this and then we'll take a break. I had this revelation earlier this week that, you know, spirituality is vague for a reason. It's meant to be undefined. It's meant to be just, it's, it's meant to be fluid, right? Uh, but religion, it's meant to be rigid. It's meant to give you a set of principles and a guideline to where you don't fall prey to the, to, to, to influence, to where you don't fall prey to temptation, to where you don't just go with the flow fluid in a fluid nature to where you have principles that you stand by. And this is something that America <laughs> would never know. <laughs> principles what's that like i said gang we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side ladies and gentlemen don't go anywhere we'll be right back right after this Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Shilajit? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine. And for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health. Uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea. Uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning. And be careful, it's going to give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. Thank you. 
That's right. We're still here. You know, in some of these episodes, I sit up over here and I fly through articles like I'm a crazy crackhead trying to get out as much information as I can. And then some episodes, we're able to concisely tell you in so many different ways about how we are being affected by some otherworldly matter, by some otherworldly energy. We talk about it all the time with studies, documents, projects, and all this stuff, videos, yeah. But it's a whole different thing, and I had this revelation as well. It's a whole different thing talking about this type of spirituality and then experiencing this type of spirituality. Like all these little people who are like, F the system. You can talk about effing the system, but would you push that button? Would you detonate that bomb? Would you literally go to Apple headquarters and then just blow up their servers? Or are they stashed across seas? Are you are you are you ready for society to be without internet and would be without Apple for the next five, ten years as they get their systems back online because of what you've done? Are you really down to F the system or are you just saying these types of things? You see. It's the same thing with this. You have people you have very good meaning, well meaning individuals who are saying this type of stuff who really don't mean it. They're saying it to virtue signal to hop on the bandwagon because they don't think for themselves. You see. This is what I meant, you know, with, with the veganism, with the sadism, with all these different cults that are jumping up out of nowhere, uh, forcing that you abide by their, forcing that you abide by their ideologies. You see, it's a schism. It's a schism. You literally leave one programming center to join another. And it's, it's just, it, it, it just blows my mind. It truly does. Uh, looking at all this type of stuff and trying to make sense of it sometimes does blow my mind. Uh, but what's going to happen, gang, is I'm going to play for you this quick clip of the Hail Satan documentary. And I've not seen it, but I know there are listeners out there that have. Uh, and what I'm essentially trying to do by playing this out here, put, putting this out here, is to show you how not only are they getting involved politically through activism, uh, removing the Ten Commandments, uh, wanting religious freedom, wanting religious equality, getting into after-school Satan programs. Yeah, they're, they're doing that, but it's also to show you how pervasive 
this ideology is becoming in society. People are gobbling it up. They don't want Christianity. They don't want Catholicism because they associate it with uh, pedophilic priests, right? And they don't want to join Islam because they, they associate ISIS with it. You see, so now the default thing would be, well, go with this because it sounds about right. This sounds like where I already am, not where I would like to go. It's a beautiful day here at the state capitol. Great day to be a Satanist. I believe it and I'm very excited about it. The Satanism certainly is central to my life right now. This isn't something I do part time. Are you excited? Filled with angst. It's really like a calling for him. It doesn't seem like he feels he has a choice. It's like someone has to do this work and it's become him. Satanic Temple was an idea between a handful of people directly confronting authority. This makes life fun. When I saw the Satanic Temple as represented in the news media, I saw a pretty cool opportunity to do a story that I knew would attract a lot of people and also totally change their minds. State officials have put up a Ten Commandments monument on government property. Satanists are demanding equal rights. The fight against theocracy is very real and it's a, it's a daily struggle. I am a tax-paying member of Arkansas, and I don't want that there. They just want to irritate. The Satanic Temple says, and you also need to put up our monument to Satanism. There's so much fun in this story. We're not what you think we are. It's fun to go on a ride that you didn't expect. As a Satanist, I believe that confronting injustice is an expression of one's Satanic faith. You see Christian theocracy just creeping itself into our government, and it is our duty to stand up to this. What I want was to create a portrait of this community of people who almost everyone hates. You guys are horrible people. What I saw was a group of superheroes. We want people to evaluate the United States being a Christian nation. It's not. After the release of this film, people have a better understanding of who we are, and some people will still decide that it's not for them, and that's fine. We are supposed to be a nation that doesn't allow the government to dictate what is appropriate religious expression. They're not fighting for the rights of Satanists. They're fighting for the rights of literally everyone. Is this how everyone that's different is treated? It is out of not only Satanism, but patriotism that I am motivated. My goal was to, you know, kind of gently provoke people. Satanism is looking out for the other because we are the other. I am following a code of ethics, having fellowship with brethren. Why can't that be a religion? We do indeed invoke Satan. But everywhere we've shown the film so far, it's been sold out theaters and very enthusiastic crowds. You can like see the wheels in their head are still turning. We have gone from three people to 50,000. There's no doubt that this is my life's work. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Not bad. <laughs> All I can do is pray for these people. The director ended up becoming a Satanist uh, after filming that actual video. Crazy, right? One thing I want to say before I play this next video for you guys is the original founder, right, of the Satanic Temple, Anton LaVey, yeah, he said that New Age believers need to give their proper accreditation. Uh, 
to who, who created the doctrines. Satan. Satan created the New Age movement. That's why a lot of people end up going... And this is what's crazy. I want to say this before I play for you guys this next, this next clip. This, I went through the cycle of being like Southern Baptist Christian to agnostic to atheistic uh, to Buddhist to Taoist to Unitarian. And I find myself coming back to Christianity because it really, truly does make sense for me to each their own. Truly, to each their own. Uh, but what I really do see engulfing people is just this, to where people don't want freedom. They don't want discipline. They don't want truth. They don't want to be liberated. Re- realize this, that hell has open. The, the, the hell is open. It has an open gate, open border policy. That's why all the demons are here. <laughs> Heaven is the one that has gates. It's trying to protect the souls from sin. You see, here, let me play for you guys this clip of Steve Bancar's uh, the former guy who did spirit science. For people that don't know what that is, it's a series where this guy went back in time and just showed you all this cool stuff about like Atlantis, ancient ancient archaeology and history and stuff like that. Uh, but he had a moment doing this type of work to where he came into contact with God uh, and he shut down spirit science and he's been on he's been on the move ever since. Uh, but let me play for you guys this quick video. Satan, the enemy of God is in reality the highest divine spirit. And to get this on record, because people need to know this type of stuff, just to get it on record, uh, this is a quote by Helena Blavatsky, the mother of the New Age movement, uh, the mother of modern spirituality, and the creator of Lucifer magazine in The Secret Doctrine, Volume 2, page 377. Hey guys, Steve here. In this video, we're going to be looking at how the entire New Age movement is actually satanic and Luciferian at its roots. And before we take a look at some research, I just want to make a few things really clear. I'm not saying everyone involved in the New Age movement is satanic, and I'm not saying every single topic or every single pursuit within the New Age movement is satanic. But what we'll be looking at is how the side of the New Age movement that has to deal with spirituality and has to do with the occult is entirely rooted in satanic philosophy. And this comes from, not me, but the founder of the Church of Satan himself. And the point of this video is not to fearmonger or to preach Jesus to you or something. Christianity could be false and it wouldn't even affect the point of this video. The point of this video is really just to encourage those who might be dabbling within the New Age movement to follow the evidence where it leads and to turn away from things which might be dangerous or harmful. So with that being said, let's take a look at some stuff. So to start off, one of the most famous occultists in history is someone named Anton LaVey. He has been called the Black Pope and the father of Satanism because he is the one who founded the Church of Satan and brought it to the Western world as an organized religion. He is the author of the Satanic Bible, along with four other Satanic books, and he has an extensive background in the occult. In fact, he was the founder of the Order of the Trapezoid, where he used to give presentations on the occult and paranormal research, which later evolved into the Church of Satan. So the Church of Satan was birthed out of his interest and affiliation with the occult. When I first became Christian, I was a little overambitious, and I went out and bought the Satanic Bible, which I've since thrown out, to speed read it to see if I could find any parallels between the New Age movement and the Satanic Bible. And when I was reading through it, I was finding topics like the Age of Aquarius, Lucifer as the personification of enlightenment, Thoth, spirit guides, pantheism, spiritual rebirth through studying the mysteries, the all-seeing eye, being your own redeemer and savior through enlightenment. It sounded like a slightly darker version of the exact same topics that were discussed in the New Age. So I dug a little deeper and I found this quote by Anton LaVey. In the scores of books lining the shelves of New Age bookstores, there are instructions for guided meditation, creative visualizations, 
out-of-body experiences, getting in touch with your spirit guides, fortune-telling by cards, crystal balls, or the stars. What if Satanists reclaimed these for their own dark purposes and integrated them into rituals dedicated to the devil, where they rightfully belong? New Agers have freely drawn upon all manner of satanic material, adapting it to their own hypocritical purposes. But in truth, all New Age labeling is, again, trying to play the devil's game without using his infernal name. So some people hearing that might be offended, they might feel a little off-put by that, but this isn't coming from me, this is coming from the father of Satanism, who spent his entire life studying the occult. So I think a good question to ask might be, is it possible that he knows something that we don't know yet? As it turns out, the entire New Age movement has its roots in Satanic philosophy, and it was actually popularized and basically founded by a Satanist. And we're going to take a look at that right now. Some of you might be familiar with a woman named Helena Blavatsky. She is an occultist and a spiritualist from the 19th century who has been called the mother of the New Age and the mother of modern spirituality because of how far-reaching her impact has been on the New Age movement. She co-founded the Theosophical Society, which taught and published esoteric material pertaining to Theosophy. Theosophy, according to Wikipedia, refers to systems of esoteric philosophy concerning or seeking direct knowledge of presumed mysteries of being and nature, particularly... I also studied this. I also considered myself a theosophist uh, because of, again, my search for the truth. But I just wanted to get this in here. Continue. Particularly concerning the nature of divinity, theosophy is considered a part of a broader field of esotericism, referring to hidden knowledge or wisdom that offers the individual enlightenment and salvation. The society taught everything you could possibly imagine that could fall under the umbrella of the New Age, and really gave rise to the entire New Age movement. As new religious movements research specialist from the University of California, Dr. J. Gordon Melton said, No single organization or movement has contributed so many components to the New Age movement as the Theosophical Society. It has been the major force in the dissemination of occult literature in the West in the 20th century. He has also said, Madame Blavatsky stands out as the fountainhead of modern occult thought and was either the originator and or popularizer of many of the ideas and terms which have a century later been assembled within the New Age movement. The Theosophical Society, which she co-founded, has been a major advocate of occult philosophy in the West and the single most important avenue of Eastern teaching to the West. So she was the major player in the popularization of New Age subjects. She would teach on things like Ascended Masters, Ancient Mythology, Hermeticism, Hinduism, Mysticism, Scientism, Astrology, Sacred Math, Esoteric Knowledge, Chakras, Atlantis, Kabbalah, and every other New Age topic. Between 1887 and 1997, over 2,800 journals were published in the Theosophical magazine she started called Lucifer. Yes, that's right. The mother of modern spirituality published her journals in her magazine, Lucifer. Now some of you might be like, wait a minute, Lucifer is not Satan. Lucifer is a symbol for enlightenment. He's the light bearer. I'll make another video in the future showing how, in scriptural terms, Lucifer actually is Satan. Lucifer became Satan after he fell. But we don't even have to go there because Helena Blavatsky herself calls Lucifer Satan. In fact, in volume two of her primary work, The Secret Doctrine, she glorifies and praises Satan well over a hundred times, calling him the one true God and the savior of humanity. So right now I'm going to read through some quotes that are in Volume 2 of The Secret Doctrine, and I'll include a link to the entire book in the description of this video. And I'm going to, I'm going to, cause, I'm going to pause it right there because I definitely want you guys to go research that, go look that up and understand where I'm coming from when I'm speaking about this type of stuff and how there are other people who have done this type of research and put this together because this is an epidemic. 
That, that's why we did the whole occult world series. That's why we track the Satanists. That's why we track the magic resistance, the witches that bind Trump. That's why we track all of it. But what again, what I'm trying to illustrate to you, the audience, is how it is just that. It's an organized agenda to get people to embrace Satan, to embrace Lucifer, to embrace the dark side, willingly, without knowing it. That's why I try to tell you, like, I've gone through the cycles, and I find myself coming back to Christianity as I get older, because it's like... These are all things that are designed to keep you entranced. The tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil, is just that. It's, it's like a toxin evil, right? It's like a toxin. Uh, it's like when somebody gets, it's like when an animal gets like a toxin or a venom injected into its body. And then it starts freaking out, you know, lashing out at anybody, trying to just carry on. And then after a while, after it's lashed out at everybody, it's beginning to hurt itself, Right? it eventually collapses. That's how the knowledge of evil works. It feels like it invigorates you. It feels like you're you're strong. You're 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 virile. You're you're crazy. But you're not in control. You're not strong. And then you begin to hurt those that are around you, ultimately hurting yourself through the flailing and the carrying on and the and the and, and being uncoordinated. Eventually, just to end for your life to end. That's how the knowledge of evil works. It doesn't uplift you. It 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 keeps you eluded it keeps you uh deceived it keeps you manipulated it keeps you in this fog to where you don't know what's going on but the knowledge of light you forever seek it that's where we're at today you guys i really can't explain to you how to a degree what you guys are really seeing and listening to and paying attention to is just that is my is is seeking this redemption process seriously seriously let me play for you guys this last video clip of uh, a a preacher talking about how America needs an exorcism. <laughs> I wanted to close. I wanted to close out this particular episode uh, with a preacher, a Pentecostal preacher, Josh Jonathan Martin, <laughs> saying that America needs an exorcism because he's not wrong. He <laughs> he's not wrong. Look at the spirits that are out there. Look at the demons that are walking the streets. That's what I'm saying. All I can do is pray for these people. Really, I could tell you guys some stories about some back-end stuff from the medical industry to even, you know, the spiritual community, the religious community. There is, there's, there's, there's a wash of stuff out there. That's why, that's, that's, that's why the Catholic Church is saying we need more exorcisms. I can't, I can't encapsulate the, the depths of where we're at right now uh, spiritually. You've got kids killing other kids. Uh, you've got babies being sexualized, like literally think about where people's heads and souls are at. So saying that America needs an exorcism, it's not that far off. I was asked by my friends, we want to be very clear, we're not going to be talking a lot about particular personalities tonight because this event is not about any particular personality on this stage. Furthermore, it's not about any particular personality out there. What it is about, what we do share in common, is that we're followers of Jesus who believe there are some principalities that need to be resisted. Some principalities. Principalities that are old, not new. Ancient things. Didn't start in the last year, last two years. Old things that are now exposed in the light. Ancient divisions that are right here in front of us. And for as much as I'm a person who does not believe that God is the one who orchestrates chaos and pain, I don't believe that God um, 
directly maneuvers us, you know, in order to teach us some kind of a lesson. What I do believe is that it's God's full-time job description to bring beauty out of chaos. That in the midst of all the wildness, in the midst of all the things that we don't understand, what is God doing in the midst? So yeah, I, um, I did have a bit of a dust-up a few months ago at Liberty when I was backstage with my friends Johnny Swim at their concert, was escorted off. But you know, it's like it's, uh, as I've had time to reflect upon that. And you know, what I, when I first came to pray with Sam and a handful of students, Lord knows I wouldn't have envisioned something like this, the way that the Red Letter Christians have put this together. I just so believe that what's happening here right now is part and parcel of a broader move of the Spirit. And it might not seem impressive to anybody else. It might seem a little bit small, but I'm telling you, God has always done his best work at the margins and from the margins in the midst of this complex, complicated time, there, there's something new that God's doing. Uh, I, I truly believe, and, and th- I think this theme will come up a lot here tonight, so much of what we feel called to address as, as church leaders and as leaders here within Lynchburg is connected to white supremacy. And I, if this doesn't sound too churchy for y'all, because I am at heart very much a hillbilly Pentecostal, I believe that America is in need of nothing less than an exorcism from a very old principality of white supremacy. Amen? It's connected to a lot of things. I could talk about that for a long time, but I want to share a text with you briefly that I felt like the Holy Spirit gave to me in 2016, actually uh, very cl- about a week before the election. It is not in any way a partisan word but at least has given me some kind of handles. Uh, from the book of Haggai, I know we probably have a lot of big Haggai fans out there. Anyway, <laughs> kids today love the book of Haggai. Haggai is this prophet that writes during the time when the Israelites are coming out of this season of Babylonian captivity. After 70 years of captivity, uh, now they're, uh, they've essentially lost to the Persians. And for the first time, these people from Jerusalem are able are to now from, to return from Babylon to their homeland. And they come initially with high hopes because they're, they're hoping that the temple around which they oriented their entire lives, the temple, which is kind of the center of the entire culture, they're hoping to see it rebuilt. But almost as soon as this fledgling work begins, uh, they face discouragement. It's been 70 years. There's not almost, there's basically not anybody left alive who even remembers what the glory of the temple was like. And now you have these exiles who are returning to sacred spaces that have now been desecrated. An experience that I think is common for a number of people in this room where sacred spaces are no longer safe spaces, where sacred spaces feel like they've been desecrated in some way. And God gives this word through Haggai as the people of God are attempting to rebuild the temple. I'll just share a brief part from chapter two. God says, chapter two, verse six, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once again in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea, and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, so that the treasure of all nations shall come, and I shall fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. I've been fascinated by this idea that God sends a shaking that will come to all the nations. No one is exempt. Ecclesiastical systems are shaking. Political systems are shaking. Foundations are shaking. Some things are shaking that we think ought to be shaken. Other things are shaking 
that we don't think should be touched. It's indiscriminate. The shaking comes to us all. The people of God are not exempt from the shaking. As a matter of fact, what God says here is that he has a unique purpose for his people in the shaking. That's not to say that somehow God is doing something through his people at the expense of the world. The movement of the entire story, God makes a covenant to Abraham that says, through you, ultimately, all the families of the earth will be blessed. The whole idea is that anything good God did for his people was ultimately going to be for the sake of the world. Are y'all tracking with me? Are we, are we okay? It's always going to be for the sake of the world. But God uses this shaking. He leverages the shaking. Because apparently there are some treasures that have been stored up inside the people of God that are not going to be released into the world any other way unless they be shaken loose. I believe that there are some treasures in the body of Christ right now in the midst of all the things that seem chaotic and violent and dark. I believe that the work of the Spirit in these days is to shake some things loose. Some sons and daughters who've been trapped inside some very small spaces that are being shaken out. Uh, after I read that text and felt like the Lord was dealing with me about this, I was thinking about Acts 16, a story I haven't thought about since I was in Sunday school as a kid. Anybody else go to Sunday school? Y'all have Sunday school in Lynchburg, I presume. Acts 16. There's this story about Paul and Silas, and these ambassadors for the gospel are themselves locked inside a very small space. They are now inside a cell. They got there, by the way, because they, they performed an exorcism that messed with the economy. It's another sermon for another time. Everybody's fine with you talking about Jesus so long as you don't touch their money or their war. So long as you don't mess with their meaning, talk about Jesus all you want. Savior of souls. Talk about that all you want. Just don't mess with our money or our war. Another sermon for another time. So now they're locked inside this small space. And the walls start to shake. In fact, Acts says that this earthquake is so violent that the very foundations of the prison were being shaken. And here we are in this moment where foundations are being shaken. I've got to think that for the Apostle Paul here, locked inside this very small space, your first reaction when the walls start to crumble, after, by the way, you've been beaten all day and arrested, is probably not, oh boy, my deliverer has come. I'm thinking the first response has to be something more like, really, 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 after a day like this, like the earthquake on top of all that? But here's the thing, and this is what I felt like the Lord gave me then that seems so much more pertinent now, and I promise I'm bringing this full circle and about to be done. So the, the earthquake that would seem to threaten Paul and Silas, the earthquake that would seem to threaten to kill them at the end of what has already been a long, difficult season, is actually the thing that God uses to set them free. What is an earthquake for everyone is going to be a jailbreak for some. Because there's some gifts, there's some things that God has invested so deep inside of even some of the people in this space and watching on the internet. It wasn't going to come out into the world any other way unless it got shaken loose. I can get real preachy about it and say there's a whole lot of shaking going on. I believe that to be true, that the Holy Spirit is in the shaking. But here the, here's the thing that's so beautiful about it. I'm closing on this. So in the midst of all the shaking, 
This is good news for Paul and Silas. For some of us who have hope in Christ, even in the chaos, there, there, are, there are some new sounds that are coming up right now. We've already heard some of those sounds tonight. There's some things we have to cling on to. But it seems like bad news for some others. It seems like bad news for the authorities who feel like they're under attack. We have a, in that same story, you've got a Roman jailer who's charged with his life to keep these men locked down. And so for this man who works for the oppressor, who is now actively oppressing, he thinks this is going to be the end of the line. He just assumes through the earthquake that Paul and Silas escaped, that, that he'll be killed. So he pulls out his sword and he's getting ready to take his own life. And it's in that moment the Apostle Paul says, and I love this so much, hey, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. And this is so mysterious, I still don't know what to do with it, but I do believe it. That the same earthquake that God uses to set free the oppressed is able to redeem the oppressor. This gospel is so good and so beautiful that it's not only good news for the imprisoned, it's good news for the jailer. If it's not, it's not yet good news. So the message that you're hearing here tonight and the message you're, that you're going to hear is not just for a handful, not just for a few. We believe that this is a gospel that brings hope for the oppressed and for the oppressor that can transform the world. We believe that. And I believe that through the midst of these things that a shaking is happening. Shaping is happening some, inside of some of you right now. That's why you came. Because you've been shaken loose and some of us are in unfamiliar spaces. We're wondering what on earth, where is the Holy Spirit in the midst of all this? And I just want to confirm, you're right where you need to be. This is a movement of the Spirit. However small or insignificant it might seem, this is the beginning of something God's doing from the margins. It's happening all over the place. More and more of us are beginning to find each other because I really do believe that this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, says God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And as we see with people like Sam, a Liberty student, as we're seeing all over this room, the sons and the daughters shall prophesy. Amen. Amen. There's only two genders. <laughs> and that's why I like to hear that type of stuff. Because it's invigorating. And as much as people don't want to hear it, it's not about what you want. It's about what you need. Realize that same, uh, I love the metaphors, that same earthquake that freed uh, the prisoners also liberated the oppressors. But see, that's a level that a lot of people aren't operating in. A preacher's going to preach. A preacher's not going to politic. A politician's going to politic. A preacher's going to preach. And that's why they want to control the word. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Operation Degradation, Generational Grooming, and Schisms of the Spirit. However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, as always, I went over a lot, but it's because, you know, I really think I, I really think I need to give people a deep view about all the other things that are going on. That's why I meant to tell you at the start of the show, like, this is probably one of the crazier episodes I've done. 
uh, way more cinematic because of how many different videos we're playing to illustrate truly the times that we're in. Uh, and as I said before, I will put the link for uh, the TEDx Normalizing Pedophilia in the description bar below, as well as a few other links to check out. Uh, also, our post-seasonal sale. Remember, promo code LIBERATION will get you 20% off of all of our apparel and merchandise. Make sure you guys are downloading our episodes because we will be clearing seasons 5 through 7 off. Uh, also, our last episode for the season will be the next one. I'm kind of confused, psyched, stoked, and all kinds of other emotions are flying through me. Uh, and if you just want to keep the show going, think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. You will get access to shows in between things, as well as all the other seasons and everything that I had mentioned there and more. However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share the truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out.